Okay, folks, welcome back to another episode of Plum Bums Podcast, the uh, Blue Collar Tradesman Show, where we talk about running a small business and being an entrepreneur in these crazy times of 2023 and this millennium. Episode 10. Double digits. Episode 10, we finally made it to double digits. And maybe our listeners will get to double digits. We have to find that. (laughs) We. We have to find that true stat because I've heard so many different versions of it where if you get to 10 episodes, if you get past 7 episodes, something like that, you're in yeah. the top 20%, you're in the top 15%, whatever it is, but we should find the true stat. I mean, stat. If, there's, if there's so many stats, then we'll just make up our own. So we're officially in the top 0.5% of all podcasts, yep. so this is when we should start making seeing some real money, right? We're basically Joe Rogan right? at this point. Um, huh. Yeah. If only. Ten he's ep- the most popular podcast, isn't he? In the world. In the he's, world. I think he's like the most listened to person who's got like a talk show or a radio show or anything like that in the world. How did he do it? How did, what? How did he do it? <laughs> How did he do all that? I don't know. How is that done? He's got interesting guests and he lets people talk. That's what it is. Yeah, that is true. He doesn't people, do what we do. We, got we interrupt every, to everybody all the time. Like, like I'm in you right now? Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, wait, wait, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to get old real quick. Um, so for our 10th episode, we have a very special guest, interesting, interesting industry, the tattoo industry, the industry of tattooing, the art of tattooing. AJ, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, AJ runs, you own Broadway Tattoo Lounge in Sayreville, New Jersey. That's correct. You have... Bunch of different tattoo artists. You said a lot of them have their own style. You guys do traditional color, but your specialty is realism. Yeah, fine line, black and gray. Realism. Fine line, black and gray. I've scrolled to your Instagram. It's impressive. Well, thank you. If I mean, when people can draw something like that just on a piece of paper, that's impressive. But the fact that you're putting it on someone's body is I mean you, you watch these you watch these shows where people go in with like realistic portraits and stuff and that's just, that's what you do. <laughs> Listen, when I'm having a bad day I'm coming back here cuz you're blowing a lot of smoke up on us. <laughs> <laughs> he does that I with mean, everybody I, and I, it's like where does that come Well, it gets up, it's supposed to come to me sometimes. I'll tell you why because if I use my <laughs> usual personality of insults and ball busting, people close up, but I want them to open up on the podcast. <laughs> so so you uh what was I saying? Anyway, yeah, we're not going to delve into that. I'm I'm a jerk <laughs> off mic. <laughs> but uh, no, we got AJ here. Like I said, I've seen your work. Unbelievable. How long have you been tattooing for? I'm tattooing 21 years now. I'm in business for 15. <clears throat> I mean, how do you get into it? You're covered in tattoos, clearly. Did you go into it being covered in tattoos? Or did you... Did you... What kind of a question is that? Did you go into it covered in tattoos? You like a... Uh, no. No, I, I, I mean, I, I did have a lot of tattoos, but not like I do now. I mean, I had a lot of uh, different artists working for me over the years, so uh, it's all the different styles on me because I usually have so many artists work on me. You know, how did you get into this industry? What drew you to it? Well, I have to uh, give a shout out to my buddy Chad Lockhart. Um, he, I went to school with him. Uh, he was my roommate in college, mm-hmm. and. When, when we graduated and got out of school, 
he got right into tattooing and I got right into advertising and uh, wound up getting a job in the pre-press industry. And you told me pre-press, I just learned this, pre-press is the final, right before it goes into the magazine, you do all the touch-ups. Right. I, I did all the high-end retouching, um, color work. So you have to have a really good eye for that You're stuff. You're an artist. That's I, what it is. There was, there was a point where I was able to give you a breakdown of a color, of what colors were in that. Really? Just by looking at it. Yep. Huh. I've always been impressed. So I like to draw. But I, can't, I, I don't do color. I don't like color. I'm not good at color. I'm not matching color. Well, that's why I don't tattoo any color. Yeah, I mean, I, I paint. I paint in color. I tattoo in black and gray. I found my niche, and I just, I just yeah. ran with it, you know? And you stuck with it. That's it. And you guys, you probably have a waiting list of guys, to people to get to you to be tattooed by you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, the shop has a good reputation. We got a lot of great artists there. I have seven different uh, tattoo artists there. Um, and there's a lot of experience so uh, if you go on our Google page, it's, we're a five-star shop. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's where most people are going when they're looking up a business, right, to Google. I don't even bother with Yelp or anything no, like that. I don't think anyone does. Yelp, Angie's List, just go right to Google, and you can get your little link, throw it on your website. But uh, how you have a talent that you've obviously cultivated your entire life. There's no way that you, 21 years ago, you started messing around with art. No, no. Yeah. I've been, I've been drawing since I'm, I don't know, three years old. That was my obsession. Yeah. That was it. Ever since, you know, I was a little kid. Were you in special art classes? No, actually, I was so far advanced by the time I got to the age of going to school for, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't take art classes. Art classes, it was like, because that was just basic stuff. Yeah. In, in high school, I took like engineering classes, like mechanical drawing Stuff like that, stuff where it was very technical. Oh wow! Yeah, and I and I was going to get into like uh, civil engineering when when I was going to college, and, uh, and I I learned that I had to go up to calculus two, and and that was it. <laughs> yeah. I, I said I can't do that. I, I barely made it through pre-algebra. Yeah, I yeah. hear you. I'm with the, with the math. Yeah, I mean I'm a musician. Everyone says, oh, musicians, artists, they're really good at math. I'm like. Absolutely not. I suck at math. It's one of my worst subjects. If it's money, I'm good. Money is good. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else? Formulas? I can count. (laughs) Formulas I I can't do. No, that um, tattooing is... uh, We were talking yesterday. We had had, um, Dan Enrico from uh, DSM Marketing Group on here. We were talking about branding your business. Aesthetically putting out your business so people recognize, even down to the color scheme of what you use online... The tattoo industry is kind of wonky, though, because you automatically start off like with a badass aesthetic, like being just being a, in the tattoo business. It's you, you're coming out like the tough guy branding style. And I've actually you asked me to make a little video for you, and I like your aesthetic, the way you had it. Like you're very um, your brand was on the um, it looked like it was carved out of wood and stuff, and we All put right. it with lights and stuff. As far as building that shop, because I know there's a ton of competition, how do you, how do you get out there? Is it all just word of mouth mostly for you guys? When I first started, um, I was just, I was so into it. I, I was still working my night job as a, you know, in the pre-press industry. Mm-hmm. And I would come home from that, working there all night. I'd sleep a few hours. I would sleep three hours. I'd get up. I had the key to the shop that I worked at, 
and I would open up an hour before. I'd clean up, and uh, and then you know, I just treated that place like it was my own, yeah. even though it wasn't. Anytime there was any kind of events, I used to hand out flyers, make up flyers, um, you know, attach uh, some some of the work I did because back then. There was no digital stuff. Like right. You didn't have the phone where you were sending your Instagram page or anything like that. <clears throat> it was all hard copies of photos of the work that you did. Portfolio, yeah. Right, it was a portfolio. So I used to make up flyers, and I used to go to you know uh, bike events, motorcycle events, um, all sorts of different things, and I used to take those flyers and put them in. And then finally, the word started getting out. Like, who's this guy, AJ? Who's this guy? I see his name all over the place because yeah. I just plastered my name everywhere. Really? And I was just so early in the game that, you know, my work sucked, but I had a, I had a good personality. Yeah. You know, I was very sociable with everybody. So people liked to come to me and they, they felt comfortable. And as I worked on more and more people, that's how my, my work got better because Listen, I could have been a great tattoo, a uh, great artist on paper, but applying it to skin is a, a whole, different, yeah. whole different game. Whole different game. That's you, why we do. The, everybody does an apprenticeship, and they learn. They get a feel for that, and they learn the speed of the machine, the depth of the needle, all that stuff. What's well, the required? Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask how do, how do you how do you put work like for an apprentice? How do you put work from from paper onto somebody's body? Because if you mess up on paper, you throw it away. Right. If you mess up on somebody's body, like I've seen that show, what is it, Tattoo Nightmares, yeah. where you have to fix the way that you have to fix a tattoo if you mess it up on something, because that's right. permanent. Well, how do you? So do you what we do is that? I have an apprentice right now. Um, I had multiple uh, people doing apprenticeships under me throughout the years, and and what there's so many things you learn before you even get to the point of picking up the tattoo machine. Um, but when you do, it's usually. Uh, like you're applying it to a grapefruit, uh, a piece of fake skin. Now that they have they have fake skins out now, uh, people have used like uh, pig skin, yeah. you know, stuff like that, just to get a feel for it. And then after you do that multiple times and you get comfortable with that, then you put the word out saying, you know, I'm an apprentice. I'll I'll do a free tattoo on you, or you you ask mm-hmm. a friend, or you you ask a family member. Yeah. And you do something small that could be covered up in the future. Okay. And uh, you know, for the most part, sl- slowly but surely, you start getting a feel for it, and you start getting a little bit better and better. It's just like a it's a pure <clears throat> grassroots industry. Oh yeah, hundred percent sure. Like you're starting out. Listen, I still have sleepless nights over over work that I do. <laughs> really? There, this is probably the only industry that you will not be able to sleep some nights because you know in your mind that you didn't hit the mark that you that oh, well, you wanted I, to. So I, I lay in we, bed we'll because I We'll text each other sometimes to be like, listen, I, t- did I tighten that? Union? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think we I flooded the house. Yeah. That stuff keeps me up, yeah. 100%. But, or like but, gas lines. <laughs> but you, do you know what it feels like to actually put something permanent on a person? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like you can go back and fix those pipes or yeah. whatever it is that you do. Um, and then that's it. That is true. But now you have something that's permanent on someone, and uh, we can know. also gas them out while they're sleeping, and they don't wake <laughs> or up. Or that. <laughs> I've Bush thought about doing that to some clients too. <laughs> so, tattooing, you get your apprenticeship. What is required by the state? And it varies and how by long state, does it I'm take? sure. In New Jersey, you, you're required to do 2,000 hours of uh, your apprenticeship. Okay. So, um, 
So that's like a, full, a one year of a full time job, right? So if they if I have an apprentice that's that can only make it there full time because they have a they have a job, and they can only come by full time. So not, it might take a little bit longer. It it really depends on how much time they dedicate yeah. to it, and how fast they're progressing. Well, who's signing off on that? An owner? I a, sign a- I sign off on it after they're done. The uh, so sometimes another. I'm sorry. No, go um, ahead. Sometimes there's other tattoo artists in the shop that are willing to take on an apprentice, and then they would be the ones to write the letter of uh, the 2,000 hours. So you're their official sponsor, and you register through the state to do that. Correct. That's well, cool. it's not registered really registered through the state. It's it's the board of health is uh, okay. requiring this. Gotcha. So when they come in and they ha- you have a new artist working for you. They're asking for their letter. Okay, I got that you. They did the two thousand hours, and they want samples of their work. Now they're asking to see their Instagram pages or printouts of of the work that they've done. So they're sticklers. The state stickler for that stuff. Yeah, like people could get sick. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people that are doing it out of their house, and they listen. You don't know what you're doing, and and you're cross contaminating stuff, and you're you're passing on hepatitis. Like everybody thinks is, oh, I watched this show or I watched the YouTube video and I'm just going to pick up a tattoo gun. Right. Now, if you say gun, you don't know shit about the industry <laughs> because no one uses that term that's, that's experienced. What is it? It's tattoo machine. A tattoo machine? Yes. So if there's people that say gun, you, you know they're not knowledgeable of gotcha. the industry. That's a good marker then. All right. Uh, I have a tattoo that I did get in someone's house. It was, I saw him open up everything. But the work wasn't great. Mm. It, I, it bothers me to this day, you know. But he was like a newer guy. He was trying it out, and it, it, the tattoo's not complicated. But still, like you can. Oh, 100%. listen, tr- trust me. I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. We've all done it in the beginning. Um, but what I'm saying is, people that never ever want to get go, out of there, get out of there. Yeah. They don't you. want it. They don't want to learn under a person that's experienced. They they're just. You know, comfortable Stubborn. with watching their videos and saying, I could do that. Yeah. And I've, I've watched Ink Master, and they, I could do a full back piece in one sitting. Well, yeah. it's, it's the same <laughs> with our industry. You have to be sponsored by a master plumber. The master plumber right. has to sponsor you. But I, I would assume that that's widespread, that issue, with people just trying to wonk it out in their garage. Yeah, and, and you know what happens to the people that worked and put the blood, sweat, and tears into this and actually put the time in to do the apprenticeship? Um it's it's a kind of a, a kicking kicking the balls yeah. because um you know these people are, are taking away clients because a lot of people they they'll they don't care man they'll look for the best price over the best quality yeah. like, and I can't I still can't understand that Never because did. this is if you break down a tattoo for the rest of your life if you live another fifty years from now and you paid a thousand dollars for a tattoo and you divide that by the next fifty years. That's the amount that you paid for that tattoo. Or even if it's a $200 tattoo. You know what I mean? It's, it's pennies broken yeah. down. But people will go pro- shop and say, eh, I don't care yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. They just want, it's, they want the image, but not the quality of it, if that makes we sense. We get the yep. same thing. I, th- I think it's so funny that there's to- totally different industries, but we get the same issue with people. Well, it's, it's nature. People's nature. They don't want... They, they, everybody always thinks that they're getting got. Yeah, you know, yeah. they always think that they're getting got, and and they're they're looking at you and saying, "Why are you so much more expensive?" Yeah. And in their head, it doesn't register with them. Like 
if you turn it back on them and say whatever job that they're doing, it's like if you tell a lawyer that, like, why do you cost $700 versus the lawyer that I can get for 150 bucks an hour, you know? It's because and it's frustrating I do much to, better work. Yeah. You know, it's that's frustrating it to, to have to explain that to people because it's a sensitive subject. Like, you wish people just understood that because that's what makes the most sense. Well, like, I, I don't. I'm at the point in my career that I don't explain it anymore. You don't even bother. Hey, this is the price. Look at my portfolio. If you don't, yeah. you know, if you don't want to come to me, I understand. I'll see you, you know, in a few weeks when we <laughs> want to talk fix about it. fixing it. I was just going to say, with those back with those backdoor garage guys, <laughs> them they're probably giving you a lot of work to have to fix. What happens is a lot of the people that, that kind of cheap out on tattoos, they want to pay them, they want to pay them more. They pay more for the tattoo because they get it done for, say, $100 from someone that's not experienced and they're, and they're a horrible artist. Yeah. And then now they got to come and get it either covered up or fixed by someone that's that, that now they're looking at the portfolio. Yeah. Because now, like, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. <laughs> you know so what I mean? You get like, that all the time. It's like we're talking to ourselves here I as know. tattoo artists. But, uh, you know? uh, but as plumbers, we get that all the time. People, people say, ah, I want the cheaper guy. I need you to fix this now because he screwed it up. But I need you to fix it at his price. Yeah. It's like. It's I'm gonna sorry. Cost, it's gonna cost Guess you more. Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Like your bad choices are not my responsibility. Yeah, you know? but for the most for the most part now, um, I, I haven't had that issue in a while. And you know what? When when I first opened up, we had our shop minimum at, set at a certain price. Yeah. And then there was a lot of people coming in, um, that were were like. Uh, can you do it for this instead, or can you do it? So I raised my minimum to wean out those people. Yeah. Well, as soon as I raised my minimum, I, I eliminated a lot of the people that were like, "There you go." I, trying to negotiate, trying you. to negotiate and say, "Oh, like, well, can you do it for this much instead?" I'm like, "Right, listen, this is the this is the minimum." I, as soon as I start opening stuff and setting up, I could put a a dot on you and that this is what the minimum is yeah so that's it it could be you know one second or it could be one hour right it's it's that's what you what you're paying for the first hour if we we have a minimum just to come out to the house right especially if it's an emergency but like if you're coming out a minimum service calls 165 bucks mm. and it is that because we've sat down and done the math and we know exactly what it's going to cost to keep a minimum you know, we can't do it any, we, I can't get someone to your house for any cheaper than that. And it is what it is at this point, especially in 2023, when everything's going down the drains with the economy and stuff, you know? But, I'm getting uh, started with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We could go off on tangents about that for hours. Uh -huh. I'd, have, I'd have to use the mute button a lot of times, though. No, this, this is, a, this such, is a family friendly show. <laughs> this is such an interesting in industry to me because I, like, I don't have tattoos. But it's a thing that's blown up. You Jewish? It's half, <laughs> half. So you can get half your body tattooed. Yeah, I don't get that rule. No, I don't. I don't, no, I don't understand that rule with them. Like the biblical why, rule. I yeah, think it's, it's, it's not a law. Biblical. It's an old. It's, it's not. A, it's not a law. It, it it's, is. It's because no, it's, it's because what happened with the the, the Holocaust. Was. Yeah, it's so a Holocaust that, thing. That was like you know oh. what we were forced yeah. to get tattooed. 
Now we are not getting yeah, tattoos. Yeah, it's, it's nonsense because a ton of Jews have tattoos anyway. I actually was going to take out a domain name years back Jews called with tattoos? Jews with Tattoos. And so, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I had it right because I was tattooing so yeah. many Jewish people. Yeah, and I'm they, like, isn't there a rule? And they're yeah. like, no. And like, oh my I don't but get there that. are people that do that. See that? I just pulled it up. Here, Leviticus 19.28. They don't follow those rules. It's nonsense. (laughs) You shall not make gashes in your flesh for the dead or incise any marks on yourselves. Leviticus 19.28. I'm going with the Holocaust story. Well, I'm I'm sure that was solidified and made people follow this law more. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't, for me, it's not a thing that I. That's in the Christian Bible that says that? Yeah. Really? Well, in the Torah. But it's part of our Bible Bible Uh too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's up there. (laughs) Um, I have, uh, I wanted to ask, and this, this, this may come out wrong, so I'm going to ask it a different way. I'm going to kind of narrow my direction of this question. Drunk white girls mm. coming into the store. Mm, mm, mm. They all want to get bridesmaids <laughs> tattoos. They want to have make a day of bridesmaids what, tattoos. Is that a, a question or a, or a statement? Yeah, I don't even question. know. I kind of want to know. I don't know where you're going I with this. I kind of want to know how you deal with. Annoy- the annoying. I've been in a tattoo parlor where the girls are all excited and they're all, you know, how do you like, ugh, how do you just deal with that? Or you you obviously don't tattoo. It's against a lot of tattoo someone who's drunk or. Oh, it folks, can't right? be wasted now. But girls. Oh who yeah, they come have a in, law. They have a law about that. Yeah. You can't. You can't tattoo. I someone. think it's an unwritten law. Yeah. It's not a law. Yeah. It's just an unwritten rule that you you know you're not thinking clearly. Yeah. Or, it's like the pirate code. Plus plus. I mean, I've tattooed people where they were, they were drinking the night before. They drank a lot, and the blood was pouring out of them. Like oh, I, the, yeah. the, it was pushing the ink right out because they, their blood oh, wow. was so thin. Wow. And this is from the night before. So if someone came in and they had a couple of drinks to kind of like loosen up, loosen up, and relax, that's not a problem. It's if they come in falling down drunk and yeah. being obnoxious. You're just not going to do then it. Then yeah. you're like, you know what? You need to do this another day. Yeah. Do you deal with a lot of tattoo regret? People coming in. No, because I, I do good work. I have a story. I have a story um, where a guy came into me, and he says, "My wife." I'm going to try not to curse because I'm not going to quote him on the things <laughs> that he said. <clears throat> so he said, "My my my wife and I uh, we're separating. We're getting a divorce. I want her name covered." So, well, isn't that like the worst thing ever anyway, getting your wife's name tattooed I, you on know, you? You know what? I'm with my wife 14 years. I have her name on me twice. I have her portrait on my But like, stomach. how do you find it even? It took her a week to see it. It took her one week to figure out that I had her name on me. I like, didn't tell her. And she was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's been there for a week. It's almost healed already. Oh, wow. That's funny. What, what were you asking yeah. Oh, so so yeah. the story I was saying yeah. was, he says I want to get my wife's name covered. So I don't know. We do some bullshit little thing, and uh, he comes back like two weeks later, and he's like, "Me and me and my <laughs> no. wife, we figured everything out." You know, he gets her name back on. Oh my god! And then he comes back. No, the following month, and he asked to get it covered. He did this six times. Oh my god! I, I am not even kidding you. I covered her name six times. I said, "Bro, I'm not doing this anymore." How is he not Why, humiliated? <laughs> I said, "You're." I, I said, "What? There's something wrong with you." Yeah, there's something wrong. I can't is, do this. There's, there's something wrong. That's ridiculous. That's, that's absurd. Okay. You're just abusing your body at that point. 
What's this? That's why, I mean. Six times? Six times. You'll swear in a Bible to that? I swear in a that's Bible That's insane. <laughs> what a I, moron. I, finally, I said, this is the last time I'm doing this. At, at, at one point, we were just scribbling over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't even being creative about it. Can't it can't look good at that point anymore. Like you had, No, only so it was different areas. It was different. Oh. It was her name in a different spot. Oh, my then God. Then that would get covered, and then he would put her name somewhere else, and then that would get covered, and he put oh, her name what, somewhere What a buffoon. What an absolute I think buff. I actually said that straight to his face. <laughs> what's this uh what's this um what's that tattoo where literally they just cover large portions of their body with black? It's blackout. It's just blackout? Yeah, that's what people are doing now. It's Dude's supposed doing to be it to the, their eyeballs. They I have see like a online. they have like a hundred mag, like needle like it's a hundred needles soldered together and, and it's like a shovel. Holy cow. Oh my God. I, I don't I heard it's like the most painful tattoo to get. You know what I'm talking about? The uh, I'm seeing people online on the internet, like people who like eyeballs? mutilate their bodies, but they'll do it. They'll tattoo their eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. tattoo I, eyeballs? I know a guy that did that. He said it was the worst thing he ever had done. When it was first started happening, when they first started doing that, um, this is the Enigma. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He's the guy that has all the puzzle pieces tattooed I've all seen over pictures his body. Of okay, he he's at implants? all the conventions. He has, he has implants. Implants. He has. He, he was like. Probably one of the first few that had his eyeballs tattooed. And they just inject the ink into the white part of your eyes. And he said what it did was it, it basically just dried out his eyes. So he's in pain 24-7. Oh. And there's no reversing that. Yeah. There's no removing that. There's nothing. You, you make that decision. Is that a standard side effect? I, I don't know. I don't know if it was because he was like it was more experimental back then oh. for them. So maybe they mastered it since then. How the heck do you even figure out? Let's try this now. Yeah. Let's try Let's try doing the eyeballs. We've done everything else. What's the most yeah. painful part to tattoo, in your opinion? The guy is a very smart, intelligent guy, too, and he, he's, he speaks well. And The puzzle guy? Yes. Enigma. Enigma. And he used to do, like, the freak shows at the convention. I don't yeah. know if he... I, I've lost contact because I haven't done the conventions in a while. I mean, I, I look at those people... I've known a lot of people who are heavily tattooed and have piercings and a couple implants and stuff, and they're they're pretty cool. I mean, they're normal and they they're they're smart. Mm-hmm. They're smart. They know their stuff. Yeah. But you look at them, you're like, I mean, what what happened you know to what you it, as a kid? You know what it's, yeah, you know what it's like when I ever see somebody with, like covered in tattoos because I'm I'm one of the only people now in this world that doesn't have tattoos all over the and place. No offense, but you should stay like that. I know. I don't. I don't like. Uh, I know you don't, but not I'm offense saying. to you either. I don't like tattoos. It's not for me. It's, but every time it's I, becoming so mainstream, it's, it's crazy. becoming so popular that now you are going to stand out. Um, than yeah. you know what I mean. Like you're going to be the guy that people look at and be like, "Wow, look at him. He held out." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? How do you do that? Yeah. Anytime I see somebody with like a ton of tattoos all over them, and like like when you shake their hand or something, and you you meet him, I always feel like that scene in the Joker when he goes, "You want to know how I got these scars?" <laughs> and it's just like, is that how you Whoa. thought of me when I walked in? <laughs> Listen, you have an intimidating presence about you, but I've come to enjoy your presence now. Oh, and I'm saying that thank on, you. Thank you. On, on a lot of people say that. Live air. A lot of people say that. That you're intimidating? Yeah, I don't know why. Well, you're a tattoo artist. You're covered in, in tattoos. You wear big biker boots. Yeah. And you wear a hat rimmed down to your eyeballs, and you just stare at people through the top of your eyes. I mean, it's kind of creepy. I didn't know I did that. I feel like if stuff if stuff was going to go down, I would want you on my side. That kind of... I've, listen, I've seen you two a couple takedowns to a couple of our buddies. It's pretty funny. That's, I've only seen them when they're kind of... They've had a couple of those. So my father always said, get on that I took advantage of them being drunk. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's the best way to fight, to find, take the advantage. That's right. You find the drunkest guy and you take advantage of him. What's the, uh, in your opinion, what's the most painful place to tattoo, excluding genitals? The eyeball. <clears throat> uh, me getting it or giving it? I would say giving it. Where are people screaming and saying, begging you to stop the most? Um, I always thought it would be like under the armpit. Yeah. Well, my, my experience, because everybody else has their own sensitive spots. Um, mine was close to the armpit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a couple, and they're not in any really painful positions. It was all doable. Like this one, I sat there and read a book the whole time. We were talking about this. Do you talk? Is it courteous to talk to your tattoo artist, or they should prefer to not be talked to? But I sat there. I kind of read his vibe. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, this guy just wants to do his artwork and get me out of here. Sat there and read a book. But I see people. I used to never see armpits tattooed and now i see armpits tattooed yeah, it's or like right on the soft under part of your bicep like ugh. Yeah. in her arm yeah her that's armpit. gotta be brutal i've tattooed <coughs> i've tattooed almost every part of the body except for uh the genitals i i wouldn't do that i've i've been asked Good. a few times and i told them that it would be a five thousand dollar handling fee and they, <laughs> they bailed out but uh but no, I, I, uh, I, I've tattooed over nipples. I've tattooed in belly buttons. In uh, belly buttons? Inside belly buttons. We're blacking it out because it's like part of the tattoo. Oh, so fair uh, enough. Yeah, I've, I've tattooed very close to you know, the private areas. So we uh, talked about, we talked about um, marketing and that you're really, you're really mostly word of mouth. Your word of mouth and your portfolio on Instagram and stuff really just... Yeah, that, that's what speaks. Yeah. It speaks to people. Your portfolio, you know, speaks for itself. That's why sometimes some guys get caught up in, in uh, bad-mouthing or bashing other artists because they think that's going to make themselves look better. Yeah. Their, their artwork is the only thing that's going right. to make them look good. Um, you can say whatever you want about someone. So if someone said something about my artwork, um, someone that didn't like me, said something to one of my clients. Oh, yeah, his work sucks. I don't even know why you go to him. If they like my tattoos, yeah. they're not going to listen to that guy. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I, I never understood that. I never talked bad about someone else. I, I only focus on my work. That's good. And I keep it at that. We do the same thing. You hear me all the time with customers. So we'll recommend people to other plumbers, if, if yeah. to the plumbers that we know do good work. You know, It doesn't help anybody... It doesn't help anybody to badmouth, especially friends in the industry, because I'm sure you have friends that own their businesses, sure. own tattoo businesses too. So you want to help them out without hurting yourself. But you recommend people. Some people you might just not get along with, or you might not just, you know, have a good rapport with. When it, when you know, you can see probably when somebody walks in and what they want, and you might say to somebody, "You can tell me if I'm wrong, but listen, I know a guy that might be better for you." That's what we do in the shop. Yeah, I have uh, seven seven artists at the shop so everybody has their own style if someone came to me and said i want a color tattoo i don't do color tattoos so i'm gonna recommend one of the guys that that they're gonna get a really good tattoo because it's coming out of my shop yeah right so i want the best work for the person that's walking out of that shop so if they want a traditional tattoo i'm gonna steer them in the direction of the guy that does the best traditional tattoos Mm -hmm. so So you started your shop and then it was just you you bought the space. You no, it was actually uh, my brother and I opened it in two thousand and eight. Oh, your brother tattoos as well? No, he was uh, he was a behind the scenes guy. Okay, 
Uh, he was more on the business end. I was more the tattoo end. And then I bought him out in 2013, and now I do both. How long did it take you to build up artists to work for you? Oh, I, the, the first shop that I worked at, I, um, I made friends there. And I, when, when we opened the shop, I only had uh, one other guy tattooing with me. Uh-huh. But when I left the first shop, I, I told everybody, and I wasn't pulling anyone out of, out of the guy's shop. I said, if th- things don't work out here, uh, you you could always, you know, work at my place. Right. You always have a spot in my place. That's good. It was great working with you, and and slowly they started trickling over, yeah. because um, uh, I don't know. There was it was just like uh, wasn't consistent at that shop. Like when when I said I I used to treat it like it was my own. Yeah. Like I used to open it up and and clean it up because, like the. The owner, he would smoke and, and leave garbage in the garbage pails and it would cause fruit flies and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I, when I went there, I kind of cleaned that up and, mm-hmm. and said, like, this is what I think is best for the shop. And, and then I think when I left, things kind of fell off a little bit again. I mean, you were doing that for someone else's business while you were working there? Yes. That's the attitude to have. My, my uncle would always say, if you're working for somebody, treat it like it's your business. Right. How you would want it to be. Well, if you love it, I mean, it, yeah. If, if you want to be you successful, and, and people that are coming in, you want them to feel comfortable and right. You know, this is what draws people to it. They see like the thing that we um, pride ourselves in at, at my shop is cleanliness. Yeah. People walk in, they see this beautiful, clean shop. They say, man. I, they they feel comfortable right away because they're like I, I'm not gonna like my shop right it's beautiful in here I do you have someone that comes in and cleans I it have to, they come in twice a week they That's, clean up they do. and uh, two people that come in twice a week and yeah. they clean up right and, and they don't, and, they don't and I don't tell them which days <laughs> to come in so you know they they I get I actually get four days for the price of two That's good Can you tell I absolutely can That's why I asked you <laughs> I'm hoping. Within the next two months that we have a little studio spot, because w- we talk about trying to do video for this thing. But uh, Could you we- get a green screen and it, it'll look like you're like driving in a car while you're interviewing people Will or something? Will you tell him? No. So this is what I wanted to <laughs> nah. do. We I decided wanted- not to do that, okay. and I'll tell you why, because he was in my ear about it for so long. I'm like, fine, maybe you're right. But what I wanted to do was have a bot- background like brick that went up maybe a quarter or a couple of feet up the wall and then put the green screen back that back behind that so we could put like we a could beach be in the scene Bahamas behind. we could be in the Bahamas and then, talking and then the right. next day you we could be I mean? in space and then it's like no but it doesn't even make sense I don't have the software it it would look a little wonky yeah but you you, you see those tiktokers yeah right <laughs> they they pay someone some money to be able to take pictures in front of their you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollar car. Oh yeah, and then they post true. it up on yeah. TikTok, and everybody thinks that they're like they're living this glamorous life. Dude, people make people make <laughs> money for TikTokers. You can rent out a uh, private jet set. Yeah, as a TikToker, and act like you're on your way to Paris. Or say, How? Yeah. I don't know. It's, what am I doing wrong? I, I'm doing something wrong. You're not. We're well, not doing anything wrong. You're, you're really not. It's like it's. I I think I've already said talked about this meme before, but I saw a meme where. It's the Joker. It's it, um, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and he's dressing up in the backstage of the studio where, where right before he gets on stage, 
and he's putting on the makeup and everything and and the meme says me getting ready for my nine to five job while i know that there's an eight-year-old out there making millions of dollars (laughs) interview uh uh reviewing toys or something it's like i just said i just said that to a bunch of my friends i i they sent we have have a group message with with five of my friends that we, we grew up together i know them 37 years i'm friends with almost 40 years i'm friends with these guys um (laughs) <laughs> and that one of them sent, I don't know, some kind of uh, stupid video of some some young girl doing some stupid dance. Or so. I don't know what it was, right? Those dance videos, man. So, so it had 25,000 likes, right? I spend 30 hours painting, <laughs> doing a painting, yeah. right? In detail, like you wouldn't believe. And I make a video of this thing, time-lapse video. Nobody cares. And I get all of about 12 likes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? Yeah, There's a science to it, though. And here's the thing. If you want those many likes, you have to dedicate your time to There's posting at the right time and figuring out the algorithms and sitting there and making sure. Because you don't just pop off doing like 150,000 likes. You have to make sure that you're putting multiple reels a day yep. with the right audio. So you have to research trending audio and then figure out how to make a vi- It's ridiculous. Well, could you break down the formula for me? It's not I mean, about I don't, I don't know the formula. I get 14 likes. <laughs> I don't know, know what to tell you. It's not well, about. two more than me. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the other we two We have likes. two more than you. So let us, let us indulge you in how experienced <laughs> Yeah, let me tell are. you. Okay, so what you want to do is you want to wake up and you want to, no. There are, there's, it's, I was, I kind of look up this little stuff on how, the best time to post to TikTok, the best time to post to Instagram to get the most views and stuff like that. But it's work. Yeah. And you're saying, what am I doing wrong? But honestly, there's nothing wrong with like honest honest work. Yeah, no. The honest guys and the good guys, you, you have a family, you have a home on a beautiful piece of property that you can overlook a ravine. Like where you live, I, I love to live there. It's beautiful. Nice and quiet. These people and these kids who are making all this money, they're going to be, they're doomed in the long run. I mean, they're, they're getting millions of dollars it's, thrown at them. They'll be doomed in the long it's run. It's an like easy this, come, easy go type yeah. thing. You remember how people used to always talk new money? You know, there's new money and there's old money. Mm-hmm. You know, people with new money, they don't know how to keep it. Yeah. You know, people with well, quick soon. and new money, yeah. they pretty just don't know how to make it. there's not going to be any money at exactly. all. Exactly. Well, I don't want to get into that <laughs> <clears throat> Then no one will be super. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, it, it, cannot, it cannot sustain itself. No. Where people are making money from doing nothing, from just making videos, content doesn't sustain economies. That you know? is true. It, it, it people entertainment doesn't sustain economies. You know. Neither does the it, government. <laughs> so going talking about branding, look at that face. What what Frankie's face here? What other dog do would you think of a plumber besides this dog? None. Just None. like <laughs> that's it. <laughs> she's perfect for branding what do you what do you kind of what do you kind of lean towards when you're trying to brand when you were trying to brand your uh business starting off uh well I, I wanted to speak to everybody not just like you know in the beginning it was you know everybody thought it was more of like the bikers would get tattooed and and it was like the you know the delinquents or the degenerates but yeah. when uh, when when I opened my shop, it, it was like we we did a thing where we had TVs in the stations, and we we had we were going to run cameras to each station where you would you would be able to watch your tattoo, uh, and we wanted to, to appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like it became, 
it became like where you know the the moms came in and the the it's, lawyers yeah. and the doctors and I'm all watching, that stuff. I, I, I used to play. I mean, I play soccer and I'm watching soccer games now. And it used to be when I was growing up watching soccer, nobody had tattoos, or you might have one or two yeah. here and there. Now every single Everybody, soccer yeah. player, every single athlete's got a sleeve, a leg, everything. Like you know Beckham. Yep. You know he's yep. from head to toe. Same yeah. thing. It's like. Listen, there's a cool aspect to the tattoo industry that I've always found interesting. Women love it. Women, yeah. Women, women, love, women it. love it. I mean, and I, I, That's why I don't do, have one now. And my thing used to growing up with art used to be portraits. I used to do, love drawing realistic portraits, but I can't. I'm scrolling through your Instagram as we're talking. Mm. I can't. Like, it's just no. It's definitely you, art. It's it art. Is, when are we? When art. are we doing Frankie? We're gonna tattoo Frankie, right? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I need to see if she's gonna work out. Do still. you? Do you have? Do you have any tattoos on yourself that you regret? Right now. Uh. No, 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 I, and and I got a lot of shitty tattoos. Yeah, <clears throat> but I don't regret any of them. And the, and the reason I don't is because it's kind of like a a journal of your life. Um, because I could tell you every tattoo, the mood I was in, oh, yeah. what I was going through, you know, why I got it at the time. You know, I look back at some, I'm like, I probably shouldn't have did that. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have did this, but but I don't regret it because it actually. It map. It, it's kind of a map of my life. You, know? you 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 have kids. Yes. How old? If you don't mind me asking. I, I have a nine-year-old son. I have an eighteen-year-old daughter and a twenty, almost twenty-one-year-old daughter. What would you think if they wanted to get tattoos like you do? Is it something that you're like supportive of, or it's something that you're just like, they're literally getting care. eyeball tattoos right now? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, their eyes are being like injected came, with ink. Right they now. came to you at like fifteen years old, and they were like, you know, because some people get it. You know, in their yeah. teens, well, if they came to you and they're like, "Listen, Dad, I, you know, I want, I want to get a tattoo." You, you know, can you? Well, how uh, you feel? Sixteen, sixteen, you can get in New Jersey. You can get a tattoo with parent consent or, or, um, you know, uh, legal guardian. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't, I don't think I would. And, and you know what? My son now he's nine, and he comes to the shop with me a lot. I have an office where I. I I built an office where he could be comfortable and sit and with a couch and watch TV or play video games because he has to come with me sometimes. And he kind of knows the process of a tattoo. So when he's I, familiar. He's growing up around it. When I ask him if he wants one, he says, no, I'm not getting needles stuck in me. Nice. Yeah. So, not nice. Well, so, yeah, nice. Well, that's, cool. that's kind of that's pretty I, I ask, based. I ask, him, I ask him if he wants to be a tattoo artist when he gets older, and he says no, and I say, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're doing right. Yeah, I'm doing great. Just keep bringing him with me. He, let him see it. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. We'll take a quick break. We'll, re we'll regroup, and then uh, when we come back, we'll just kind of shoot the shit about uh, life in general. But uh, this has been good. I learned a lot here. But uh, stick with us, and we'll be back.
All right. We ready? I'm ready. We've uh, we've hacked out all the uh, coughs and everything. Adjusted the mics. I think so. All ready to go? As soon as you go, I'm going to cough. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time. Sometimes I think I have Tourette's. But then uh, I know my brother really has Tourette's, so I don't, don't want to use that excuse. So, Is that your brother? No. <laughs> Max? Hopefully <laughs> not. Yeah, he has snotty Tourette's. Uh, Max had to get going. We don't have it for the second half, so it's party time, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Anyway, we're back. We're back from break. Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, we're here again with AJ from uh, Broadway Tattoo Lounge in Sayreville, New Jersey, giving us the inside look at the tattoo industry. Very interesting stuff. Like I said, I, I view it as a... like cool mysterious underground type of industry but as we were talking about last time it hasn't been really stayed underground it's no. really become mainstream everyone's getting tattoos absolutely it's kind of like a cop out almost like if you don't have a tattoo well you, you see the new generation what they're doing <clears throat> what they're getting their their complete necks and hands tattooed their first tattoos are their throat and the first hands. tattoos? Yes. And they wear their long sleeve shirts and they and they have their necks done. So it looks like they have a full body suit, but they only have their hands and their necks done. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Uh that's like that's like the last what those are like the last things you get tattooed usually. I mean yeah. I, I, I'm I've been in the industry for a long time, and I think it took me over 10 years until I got my knuckles tattooed. Does that a painful spot? The no, knuckles? it wasn't too bad. No? No. You got big, meaty hands. You're, and you're a biker, too. You ride, you ride bikes. Yeah. How long have you been riding bikes for? Uh, Forever? <laughs> like dirt bikes as a kid and stuff? Uh, well, yeah. I rode uh, dirt bikes when I was a kid. Um, but motorcycles, I'm trying to think, 25 years? Yeah? Yeah. Half my life. We used to, I mean, growing up, I have family who lives out in Ohio. Every time we go down there, my uh, all my cousins had dirt bikes and stuff like that. So that's where we would mess around. And then I finally got my motorcycle license 10, 15 years ago. Hmm. Maybe it's even closer to 20 years ago now that I think hmm. about it. But uh, you you play the part. Like, you look the part. I, I don't. I'm fat. Out of, like, <laughs> I have my hair is parted. <laughs> Like I, I There's a lot of fat bikers. What are you talking <laughs> about? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> we were dry, We went out to Ohio a couple of weeks ago, and we were riding out. We passed this. It's funny you say that. We passed this motorcycle gang, and there's the just club, these club. loads. It's, it's not gang. I'm sorry. Yeah, club motorcycle Thank club. Thank you. We're a club. <laughs> I've seen that in Practical Jokers episode. <laughs> but we're. Lo I'm looking down the line. And it's just these. Like, the, if they weren't on a motorcycle, they'd be on a scooter at Walmart with the <laughs> cart in front of it. You know what I mean? Huge. Yeah. And then with these tiny women on the back. Yeah. Uh, but there was like two dozen of them riding down, and we, and we looked at each other and started laughing. Like, these guys pose no fear whatsoever. Like, gangs, uh, clubs are, <laughs> when groups of motorcycles used to inspi inspire fear in people. But uh, yeah. what, is your, what is your most popular type of client? My most popular client. Like, uh, what do you, what type of people do you my, get the most? Mine, 
Yeah. Mine is probably like, uh, I don't know, middle-aged white boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like- uh, The biggest I, consumer in all market right now. <laughs> all I don't know. Market. But no, there's a lot of women. The women are overpowering the uh, tattoo industry as far as getting tattooed. There's more women getting tattooed now than men. But, but my portfolio doesn't speak to them as much. Okay. I mean, just- I, I do flowers. Um, I love doing black and gray roses and stuff like that. Uh, but they're, they're few and far between that they, they, they come to me. Um, but I have more guys that, like I, I was doing at one point, a lot of morbid stuff, a lot of free freehand right on the, the body. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so, so I got a name for that, and a lot of people would come, and they would just trust Trust me and yeah. say, listen, I want an AJ tattoo. I want something cool. I don't care what it is. You know, do your thing. And they would they would trust me and, and you know. So most of the artwork on your Instagram, uh, how long does it take you to do a piece like that? Like those portraits? The average and, portrait for me takes about four, five hours the most. That's it? You can do it in one <clears> session? <throat> yeah. And that's like maybe the size of a hand, maybe okay. a little bit smaller than a hand, the average size hand. Um, when you get, you, you can't do a portrait too small because then you can't get right. the details that you need. So you always have to keep them bigger. Okay. But when you then when you do get make a larger tattoo, some people are uh, under the false conception of of is that the proper terminology? I would yeah. Well, I don't know where you're uh, going. Uh, I need of, to know where you're going. Of thinking that when you, if you make it smaller, it's going to take less time. Oh, yeah, okay. I got you. Did I use that in the right context? Sure. I don't even remember what you said, <laughs> but I think so. I think the people got it. <clears throat> so, yeah, so so if if you actually make your tattoo a little bit bigger, it's easier to get the detail and move you. and move quicker than if it was smaller and now you have to slow down a lot and can't get the detail. Hey, anymore. you know what? Let me let me match it to my industry right now. Everyone comes in, we have a pipe repair. And I say, okay, I got to open up the wall. Like a, I got to open up like a five by five spot. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa the leak is right here. <laughs> no, I got to get in there. I got to work. Right. If you want me to work in this tiny small space and put tools in there, forget about it. Right. And we're opening up a nice big canvas for you and sure. repairing a whole bunch of pipe. Sure. So where were you? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Sayreville. Did you? Yes, but I was born in Brooklyn. We moved to Staten Island. We did the whole Brooklyn, Staten Island, New Jersey thing, you know. Uh, I, we moved to New Jersey. So you're Italian. You think? <laughs> <laughs> every every Italian in New Jersey story, that's 100% yep. true. Yep. So and then so you kind of grew up in you pretty much grew up in Sayreville. You graduated so, high school there? Yep. Yep. I actually did the uh the you know the folder that they put the diploma in they kind of have okay, this binder yeah. or something has a picture of the school and then you have your diploma inside there okay like it folds in yeah. half i did the uh the architectural drawing for our school really yeah holy smokes because I, I told you i took all those classes yeah. in high school and my teacher <clears throat> my teacher recommended me to do the the drawing because they put they just put an addition when I was graduating that year, that year they put an addition on the building, on the school, hmm. and uh, they needed an updated version of. And they trusted one of their students. Yep. Holy! It smoke. was me, and you know what? And it's still standing. <laughs> I was so excited. I was so excited at, at my graduation that I thought I was going to get like, uh, 
you know, a shout out for it? Nothing? Nothing. I would have probably put like a water slide there. <laughs> <laughs> a fireman's pole. That's pretty cool. So you uh when did you lose your hair? <laughs> did, I'm just you, you noticed that? Oh my hat's off for the my hat's off for the earphones. Your, no, what is that going to, I was going to say, so you said you went to college, but I want to ask after high school, did you go, you, cause you look like a guy with a history. Yeah, I do. Did you, were, what kind of kid were you growing <clears> up? <throat> uh, I was very to myself up until a certain point. Um, then I hit puberty uh-huh. and then I didn't know what to do with that. I was like out of my freaking mind. I guess the hormones were going crazy. Yeah. And so was I. <clears throat> um, so I got myself into some trouble from the age of 14. Up uh, until what age would you say? Last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I totally stay out of trouble now, that's for sure. I'm, I'm, I lived about three different lives so far. Um, you don't, and you don't talk about that often. I, oh, I notice. Only, I've, I've known you for quite some time. You really don't delve into that, which is, which is fine. But, you know, well, I, uh, I, I did, I did go down a dark path for a short period of time. It, it wasn't a short period of time. I don't know. Um, I, uh, I, I was, I was big into drinking at one point and then, uh, I tried to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. So when I was, uh, when I was tattooing early in the beginning of tattooing, I was tattooing a guy and he took, uh, he took like a half a pill before I started tattooing him. And I already stopped drinking for a couple of weeks, so I was I was always like that yeah, was a little on edge because I, yeah, you know, of course, I didn't have a drink, right? And I, just, and I enjoyed it. <clears throat> but uh, when he took that half a pill, I said, "What is that?" And he says, uh, "A Vicodin." Uh-huh. And now I grew up. I grew up thinking that I was allergic to all pills because, um, when I was younger, I was a kid. I had a reaction to uh, a penicillin. Okay, so. I had to be a rush to the emergency room. I was hived from head to toe. My heart was racing. So I thought that all pills, I would react to that that way. But for, the, for some reason that day, I said, you know what? Give me half of that. Let me try that. And I, I took the chance and I took that half of Vicodin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Oh, yeah. Brought me down a dark path that took me many years to to come out of, and and now it's like I stay away from everything. It's like o- over eleven years, and uh, I, I my 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 worst day, clean and sober, is better than my best day using. I know a lot of people who have seen people messing around with pills, and they let me try that. Yeah, it's and like that, bad those news, those man. things will get you. And it's it's almost unlike most other drugs. It'll get anybody. Yeah, it's, and it was like old old women. I know like an old lady, grandma, that was hooked on, uh, you know, Percocets because her doctor prescribed her for certain things and, and was on them too long. And then yeah. she would try and come off them and she couldn't come off them. Yeah, and that doctor should know. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, a, it's a slippery it's, slope, man. And I don't recommend anybody even giving it a try. So you went you went through you went through a bunch of stuff while you were trying to build your tattoo career. Yeah, that was in the beginning of my career, and I I was uh, you know 
well, like I said, I was working both jobs. I was working nights and I was working days at the tattoo shop. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and that was, I felt like that was something that was keeping me going. I didn't know that. I didn't know until I knew yeah. that, that I had a problem right. with it because it was only until I didn't have it is when I realized, holy shit. That's what happens with most people. They don't even realize it until yeah. they don't have it. Yeah. And I went through, not to, you know, my, my 20s when everyone's, you know, they're in college and they come home and you start hanging out and getting jobs around where you people grew up and then you start messing with this, you start messing with Everyone's hanging out on the weekends mm -hmm. and before you know it, half your friends are hooked on this stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And but, I, was a, I was a weekend warrior, man. I was like, I never, I never felt like I had any kind of issue until I got involved in that. Yeah. And that was the game changer. Like opiates mm -hmm. is We've serious. talked about that. It's, it's an issue in our industry too. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of guys coming up, because there's a lot of vets in our industry and stuff, and they're prescribed pain meds and all these meds from, you know, from, from combat or whatever. A lot of guys who have gotten hurt on the job, it's a big problem in our industry. But yeah. I think, what, what can you do? You know, I, I don't know, man. It's it was a very desperate time for me when I was trying to stop that, and I, <clears throat> I felt like at one point, man, I would I would be good for a little while, and then I would just I'd take my will back. Do you find yourself playing therapist to a lot of your clients while you're sure? And I actually, um, you know, I give back. I give back by helping a lot of people when it comes to stuff like that. I try to at least. Yeah. I try and just give them my experience when it comes to when it comes to that. I try and give them my experience with it um, and just let them know, you know, the slippery slope that it is and yeah. where, where they can wind up going with it. You know what I find, though? Younger people don't listen because I didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> they don't. And it's frustrating because you were that young person. It's like God, dam God damns us with the things that we were when we were children and yeah. younger to deal with, you know. It's crazy. But now all I, I feel like what I can do is uh, just talk about it and kind of let people know mm -hmm. that I, I experience what they're going through. Yeah. Um, and, and it is possible because, I mean, it just speaks for itself when you just keep your head screwed on right. Well, how'd you get out of that stuff? Uh, what was the process? I tried multiple times by myself to do it, and uh, then I, then I got, uh, I got sloppy. I dropped some stuff on my kitchen floor when I was uh, with my ex, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and and I, her dad was uh, was an addict, and he was active with NA, and he scooped me up and brought me. To, to physically a, took you to a place. He scooped me up and brought me to a meeting. Okay. You know, he didn't physically pick me up, but he said, come on, I'm going to take you. And I didn't know anything about that. I was totally naive to the whole process when it came to Narcotics Anonymous. Um, and that's why I say now, you know, I have two beautiful daughters with my ex, mm -hmm. um, but I truly don't believe that I was supposed to be with her. I believe God was playing a chess game, um, and I was supposed to meet her father. To save my life. And that could be a big possibility. 
That's what I truly believe. I mean, a lot of things are orchestrated, yeah. and we don't even know. Exactly. You know, and then you look back, and you're like, holy cow, that was orchestrated. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's why I, I've been keeping a journal for over 20 years. I have all these books. Consistently? Consistently. I, I mean, I fell off a little bit just recently, but I I go back and read some of the stuff and totally different person. I, I mean, the the way I was writing 20 years ago as opposed to today, um, it's crazy. Yeah. And and why I like to go back and refer to the past things mm-hmm. and how I was thinking at the time or what was happening at the time is uh, is to see where I needed to be to get where I'm at. Right. It's crazy when someone someone could try and have a memory and say, you know what, I think back on something. But when you have, the, have that shit written down black yeah. and white and, and you, you read back. it and you're like, this is why it happened. Yeah. Holy shit. You, you should, you should uh, print them. I thought about that. I thought about scanning it every page, yeah. having it printed up and then using the opposite page as the scanned in part. Oh, that'd be <clears> pretty cool. It would be a very big book. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the encyclopedia of AJ. Yeah. Um, so you went and you, you mentioned, so you, you went through this dark time. You also went to college. You also well, got into marketing and stuff like that. And you don't look anything like a market, like someone in marketing, nothing. I would right. have never guessed you would did that first. No, um, a lot of people would look at me and not think that I'm someone with uh, goals and dreams and aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I always did. I always had. I always had foresight on where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, even at my most fucked. Uh, excuse me. It's all right. Even at my most messed up time uh, in my life, I always had goals and I always had dreams of where I wanted to be, and and it kind of like the bump in the road or the the fork in the road kind of. You know, steered me. I was supposed to. I was supposed to be in the military. I was one oh, signature. Really? Yeah, I was one signature away from being in the army. Wow. Yeah, and then I heard. I heard a, an ad on uh, the radio while I was driving for Connecticut Institute of Art. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go there. I was dealing with a um, um, uh, the, the guy that signed you into the army. What do they call the recruiter? Uh, the recruiter. I was dealing with him for a long time because my brother and I had a deli when we were younger. This is something else. So we had a deli, and okay. he used to come in all the time. And he used to try and recruit everybody. And and at a point, I was, I was still in high school. I was a senior in high school, just getting out of high school. And I was like, I don't know what I, what I want to do, but this, I don't want to do this. I don't want to smell like onions for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like right. this isn't for me. So I uh, started talking to Sergeant Brown. Mm-hmm. This guy was an awesome guy. He was funny. And uh, went through the whole process. I went through the physical. I went through everything, signed papers and, and, you know, hearing tests and all that stuff. And I was one signature away. He was picking me. Uh, I, I, heard, I heard the commercial on the radio, and then he was picking me up the next day. What generation Army commercial was that? Was that be all you no, can be? No, it was the commercial for the, the school that I wound up going oh, to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I... I uh, he came to pick me up to go sign the paperwork, and I said, Sergeant Brown, I'm going to do something else. I decided I'm doing something else. And he said, what? You kidding me? He freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Starts putting you in your first day of boot camp, like right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I, 
most 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 uh, young men look at the army uh, right out of high school. I mean, the booth and table is always there on career day. Yeah, my father was in the army. He know? was. So, yeah, so so that was like, all right. Well, I'll just kind of. Where'd you get your art? That. Where'd you get your art talent from? Your your mom or your dad? Uh, definitely my dad. Okay. My dad was. Uh, he, he's my my father has taught me so much, and not just by watching him. That's why I'm like. I try and do the same thing for my son. See, it's still alive, <clears throat> your father. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and listen, I could, I could tile, I could frame out, you know, uh, a house. I could put up sheetrock. I could tape spackle. I could do all that stuff. And it was just by being interested and watching my father do it because yeah. he built our house when uh, in Staten Island. Oh wow! So watching him do put that whole thing together, you know, I l- always loved the smell of broken fresh dirt. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. And, and yeah, and I, I always like some people have just recently asked me. They said, well, "What would you do if you weren't tattooing?" I said, "I would love to be a heavy machinery operator." Yeah, you look that part too. Yeah, you could pull that off yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem is, like, someone said, "I could get you in to do that," but it's in the city. I said, "Well, I'm not going up on the side of a you know building in a crane, <laughs> right? You know, like sixty stories up. It's not happening. I'm afraid of heights." Yeah. I I can't do heights either. That's why oh, I'm a plumber. Forget that. I'm all in basements. <laughs> right. I don't even do HVAC. We don't even go up in attics. Oh, smart. But uh, I I I do have a bit of an art background, and I just it just got to a point where I listen. My twenties were bad. Yeah. I did not do good in my twenties, and it was there were signs early on that I wasn't going to do in my. T- I shouldn't have gone to college because I didn't graduate, mm. and you know. I growing up was was kind of tough. Came from a tough childhood, so anything anyone would put out, I would do. And then, uh, I mean, not, I'm not to get too personal, but I loved the nose candy for a long time. I love that. So you know, that yeah. was stuff yeah. like that. The uppers, the the Molly, and well, it was ecstasy back then. Yeah, but, the, same here, same here. And but, I, I, but that was just a weekend thing for me until until it started road, like that for later. me, and then. You know what it was? It was the restaurant. You ever seen the movie Waiting? No. It's about, like, it's about like working in a chain restaurant with Ryan. It's an older movie with Ryan Reynolds. This movie nails it. I, I, I worked at Applebee's and Friday's and then a couple other restaurants. Did a lot of waiting tables and tending bar. And you get into this mindset where you don't have to be up. You don't have to be at work till like 5. So everyone, who, everyone else who has to be at work at 5, they're partying all night long. And... It just became like that. Like every night, you don't have your weekends. So whenever you can have a weekend, it just be, these are the people who don't pay taxes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these chain restaurant workers. <laughs> and it's, you have to see this movie, they nail it. But going through that, that really just, I just did everything anytime. I had no self control. And then it just went, it spiraled down. And if I, I look, it's like a double edged sword. I look back, I was like, I learned a lot. And I grew a lot, and I can look back and recognize when people are going through that or they're you know they're doing that. But at the same time, if I didn't have to deal with that, how much further ahead I would be? Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, that that goes back to the whole journal thing, right? That's where where I uh, I learned a lot. <clears throat> you know, sometimes that all that pain that you go through, yeah, it, it's growth. You know, it's a lot yeah. of growth. So, that is true, uh, and it's great that you can look back on that. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. There's some people that, that never get past that, you know, which is sad because they, they're either, you know, they're, they're stuck 
for the rest of their life or are they dead? Yeah. You know? Yep. So. A lot, that mindset doesn't leave a lot of people. Yeah. You know? It's unfortunate. How'd you, uh, when and how did you meet your current wife? How'd you guys meet? Well, my wife came f- to get tattooed by me. That's what I figured. Yeah. So uh, she, uh, she actually knew a mutual friend of mine and she was tattooing at the time. But she wanted to get some. She wanted to get some work done. Finish by. Uh-huh. Uh, she got it started by someone else. And <clears throat> normally, normally I wouldn't touch someone else's work. But she was so hot, I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "I'll tattoo anything you want." <laughs> so, how long ago was that? Fourteen years ago. Wow. Yeah. So you met her fourteen years ago, and how did you guys move on through? How did you take it out of professional? How did we take it out of profession? Well, she, basically, was she coming to get tattoos just to keep coming to see you? She was no. She was coming to get tattooed so she could work her way into getting a job at the shop. Oh, she wanted to be an apprentice. She wanted. She was a tattoo. She was tattooing already. Your wife tattoos? Yes. I didn't know that. Yep. She's she, gonna be. She's, she's gonna not, be angry when she she's hears not me anymore. Say that. Okay. She's. I mean, she still does. She can, and she will make appointments when she has the time to do that. Oh wow! But, I did not know that. But she. She is so busy with her job now, uh, her current job now, that she. She's so focused on everything that she's doing hey, with her there current you go. job. Yeah. A lot of people who are artists that that's got to go on the back burner for for real money. Yeah. It's amazing that you were able to take your art that you love. Yeah. And then make a career out of it. Do you, do you know in my um, in my elementary, I think it's elementary book, you know you have the books with the pictures? Yeah. And then it says, what do you want to be? And you yeah. go, it's an artist. Did right? it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I never- Mine did not say plumber. I'll tell you that. It did not say plumber. <laughs> I, I tell you, I didn't know how, but I knew I wanted to, I didn't know how, but I wanted to do something art related to make money. And when I got into- the advertising, like a year out of school, I got a job in advertising, this advertising agency. Uh-huh. I worked there for one year. I went to this other place. I had a friend that worked for Nobody Beats the Wiz. You remember? <laughs> really? yeah. Nobody Beats the Wiz, yeah. right? So in there, in Nobody Beats the Wiz, they had in-house advertising where they did the circulars. You remember okay. the circulars? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was advertising. I thought I was working for Nobody Beats the Wiz. It was actually one of the, the company that I wanted working for. It was one of their clients. Okay. It wasn't, I didn't work for Nobody Beats the Wiz. I worked for uh, Applied Graphics Technologies. Gotcha. But Nobody Beats the Wiz was one of their clients. I, didn't, I was so confused in the beginning. I didn't know what the <laughs> hell was going on. So I, I wound up um, getting a job there. Nobody Beats the Wiz files chapter 11. And I'm like, what am I out of a job oh. now? Like what now? They call a big meeting. They say, oh, for all, well, you know, who wants to go into the city? I was like, I'm new. I'll go. I don't care. Yeah. So half the people didn't want to go. They got a severance package. I was so new that I was like, I don't care. I'll travel anywhere. Right. I went into the city and then I worked in the news. You were living building. in Sayreville at the time? I was living in Sayreville. Yep. That's a bit of a trek. I bought my first house. I was 24 years old. 24. And I... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was like uh, back then, man, the house that I bought was a little ranch. It was like $110,000. It was killer, man. It was like doing really, 
did you have your boys come and like rent rooms and help you pay the mortgage? Because that's <laughs> how, that's the smart way to do it. No, no. I like I said, man. I like to. I, I was always kind of like a loner. I like to be by myself, and until later on in life. Yeah, you know, I, <clears throat> a family becomes important later on in life, which I because yeah. I. It's not that I resent my family, but they make my eyes roll a lot. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, ugh. But as I'm getting older, I'm like, you know what? These people. You better be people- careful. Mom's listening to this right now. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm talking. I've been plugging into more of my extended family lately. Yeah. My, you know, I've, I always kept in touch with my immediate family, but they're in Ohio now, you know? So it's like I talk to my parents on the phone and stuff, but. Plugging into my cousins. We just had like a family reunion recently with just the cousins. And it was great because we used to all get together as kids. And I'm not married. I don't plan on getting married. I don't have I don't have kids. It's time to start remembering who's important and who's been there since you've been born. You know what I mean? Right, of course. No matter how much they annoy you. <laughs> hey, you don't get to choose who your family is. No. You know? It's true. You can't pick your uh you can't pick your, what is it? You can't pick your friend's nose or something like that? You, you can pick your friends. You can pick, yeah. you can pick your nose, but you can't, you can't pick your friend's nose. And sometimes your friend doesn't mind if you pick his nose. Exactly. <laughs> right. But, uh, dude, listen, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, it was great. I know we've been, we've been talking about a couple weeks of you coming out, coming out. I know it's a bit of a hike for you, but I appreciate you coming up. This has been really interesting. And uh, I, I think everyone's going to enjoy learning about that, uh, the inside scoop on that industry. Yeah, but, I had uh, a lot of fun here. I'm good, sure. good. I'm glad. Yeah. Now what you have to do is you got to share it everywhere. <laughs> Just send it to everybody. Just hit send? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. You're like the <laughs> youngest boomer I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, folks. Thanks again for listening to Plum Bums Podcast. And uh, catch you here next week.